I don't want money. They don't take cash at Dave and Buster's, my grandma's house, or the library. So instead of asking myself, are you paid? I ask myself, are you free? So how how old are you? I'm 24. I just turned 24, or not just turned 24, but uh, September. That's Kobe's year. Hey, yeah. Shout out to Kobe, by the way. 24 if you want Mo. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that makes sense. <laughs> but that's real, man. The role models um, having like positive influences are are so important, and I think like what's dope too is when people who didn't have those role models coming up kind of recognize the factors that lead them into one thing and then they like change up their life. Like Meek Mill comes to a mind for me who, cause he just dropped this album. And it's like, he went to jail and now he's trying to like pay it forward. And he's like, I mean, he's talking about a lot of stuff, but some of what he's talking about is like a lot of the things I did. I just didn't have the right influences around me. So it's always important to kind of pay that forward. So it's, it's dope to see that that's something that you're trying to like involve in your life on a, on a day-to-day basis. We're all looking for guidance in the end of the day. Um, and if the way we consume, I guess, a lot of our media, just the way we know and position ourselves in the world, either if it's through books, radio, or television, there's only a select few that are like pushed in front of our face. So then doing that extra work on the back end to really figure out who you vibe with and gel with. Yeah, no, just like you guys were saying, yeah, that shit's you're not going to vibe with everyone. But um, kind of going back to your uh, how you brought up Meek Mill, like, he just got out of uh, prison and like, I'm, I mean, I'm just making an assumption that you've never been through that experience before, but you find people who have gone through that and, uh, because you might, you might not like, never in a million years, like go through that, but you have like shared experiences that you can take from. And although you might never do that, like you will learn from it through him. Yeah, that's real, man. I think that's that's a really powerful part about human connections too. In general, I feel like it's like a lot of times, you know, the artists I listen to or people who I read or things like that have experiences that I certainly like didn't go through, but the emotions are still the same and like the mm-hmm. the uh, the values are still the same. It's just presented in these different contexts, and you can learn a lot from that as well as learn about the environments themselves. And like you know, in certain cases, that makes you want to. Think, 
do what you can to help those environments or like amplify those voices so that those longer term visions that a lot of these people have can come to fruition. So yeah, that's a super dope part of like the connective world that we're in is like we can listen to so many different voices and to your point, not all of them will speak to us, but the ones that do like you can really learn a yeah. lot from that. Human, human consciousness has kind of been something that I've uh, thought about a lot more and you know, it's, it's not just me existing like in my own corner of my own world, but where it's the idea that we're all existing at once and the kind of like interplay between both of our consciousnesses and our existences and, how it's like the idea of, you know, one love having a collective movement that, that kind of like plays into this as well. You're talking my language now. You said collective consciousness. See, that's, that's an abstract. <laughs> I was about to say that shit's definitely hitting for you. I'm not saying it's not hitting for me, but that's definitely intertwined to, I mean, a lot of the conversations we have every day. Well, I guess before we let this ball roll real quick, we should probably open that real quick throw some introductions yeah down for that yeah yeah man let's do it um this is e i guess i'll just start off since i <laughs> interrupted real quick what up e this is lucid who else we got on the phone yo it's the boy wave man i go by Romy sometimes but my real name is Quan Nguyen. coming out from uh seattle uh just checking in on the boys hey how's life in hey. seattle bro what's seattle like I've, I've never been man seattle's beautiful dog i've uh I wasn't born here, uh, but, you know, my family moved here when I was a year old from Vietnam. So pretty much it's the only place I've uh, really known as, like, home. And we've got beautiful mountains and water surrounding our city. Great food, great sports, great women, great knowledge, and uh, a lot of thought that comes from this area. I'd like to think that it's one of the main, like, hubs of innovation. And I, I really carry that like really proudly, uh, wherever I go. Um, it's, it's a spot that I love to bring my friends to, you know, and like give them the tours because uh, I love this place so much. And when you love something so much, like sharing that with someone and the people you love and care for, like it makes it even better. So. Damn, that's real. Shit, I mean, I'm from Brooklyn, so share love is the Brooklyn way. <laughs> I'm right there with you on that. Why did they move from um, Vietnam to the States? Oh, uh, man, like, school? yeah, no, no. Um, the story kind of goes, like, way back and, like, has a lot of historical context, too, because uh, my dad uh, fought in the Vietnam War for uh, South Vietnam, and... Basically, I think around like 72 or so, he was drafted kind of like towards the last few years and he fought for South Vietnam. And like when the Americans withdrew, you know, like they lost all their support systems. And when South Vietnam fell, like my dad found himself like being sent to the re-education camp. And if uh, like our listeners or you guys like don't know too much about that, like the re-education camps was like, basically where the communists try to like reprogram and indoctrinate like their uh socialist um ideologies into you know those uh their fellow vietnamese soldiers that did not support the north communist regime so mm. yeah it's, uh, you'll find a lot of like i guess stories told by people who went through them but it was a really crazy time and when my dad like finally left 
inter- uh, not internment camps, uh, re-education camps, the communists had made it really hard for former South Vietnamese soldiers um, living in Vietnam still to like really get a job, you know, employment and all that. So my dad tried about almost 10 times uh, without prevail to escape Vietnam by boat. Uh, and that's kind of like the story of the boat people, you know, very, uh, very crazy story, but he was unsuccessful, but Damn. he he ended up just like remaining put in Vietnam and ended up meeting my mom and through like international um, affairs, uh, the, a program developed that helped uh, American, like, ex, like ex-American GIs with uh, former Vietnamese soldiers. And that's how my family was able to, was able to come to the States. Wow. That's a crazy, that's a crazy <laughs> series of events, bro, for, for you to end up like on this conversation yeah. with us. That's crazy, man. That is beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. One thing that's really interesting about that too is like you said you thought a lot about human consciousness and like the re-education camps is like literally, it's literally like ideological warfare. Like, yeah, man. You know, I feel like a lot of times it's, you have to really think about how you think. Like there's kind of, there's always that two levels of thinking. Like, you have to think, but you always have to. Say that, say that again for the people in the <laughs> back who did not hear that. That is um, real. Yeah, man. But like, it's real. Yeah. You really do have to think about how you think and like how you're intaking information and like how you're combining it in your mind and, and like constantly. Otherwise you really can. I mean, maybe it's not going to be as extreme as a re-education can, but going back to what you were saying earlier about like human consciousness, like even these types of divisive mentalities that are very prevalent in today's society. It's like, if you don't catch yourself thinking about how you think soon enough, you're just going to be like brainwashed in a different, different way, you know, in a more subtle way, maybe, and maybe not even an intentional way, but you're still kind of brainwashed. Yeah. It's the same thing as like eating bad foods. It's the same thing as not getting enough exercise, whatever you're doing to your body. I mean, physically, emotionally, and spiritually but also just intellectually everything definitely plays a role like it got to a point at least for me where even on instagram i started unfollowing certain accounts on twitter started following more accounts in order to just sort of change the trajectory of my thoughts and just realizing that you have to do things like that extremely important yeah i think i think the beauty of it is that we're gifted with this this thing called life right and when you think about like why we're alive and like how I'm able to like speak words from of my thoughts right now, it's like crazy. And like, why not be like the best version uh, that you can be? And like, why not question things that people like tell you? And like the, the things that you perceive through your senses are going to get filtered through your own like consciousness. And then that becomes your identity. And then it's, it's a, a, a circle of like perception, internalization, and then kind of outward, like showing it. It was um this poster that my mom got me from my room in high school. Hold on, let me read the let me read the quote. I'm googling it right now. It's by Frank Outlaw. I don't know who that is, but um, <laughs> it's, it's right. <laughs> but um, it says it's all about character. <clears throat> Watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits. They become character. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. So that shit really just intertwines all of that. Yeah. Wow. That's really powerful. 
Shout out to Google for the fact that you were able to just pull that up real quick. Right. <laughs> Back in the day, we had to research, find that book. And I think to what you were saying earlier, too, uh, in terms of it being like one love, it's like the first level is like, how can you be the best you? But then it's really like, how can you be the best you so that everyone else can be the best at? And I feel like those mm. two things are more aligned than a lot of people think, where it's really like, if you're not moving with ego and like, you're just like, you really are, you know, the best self in the sense that you're comfortable, then it's like, you would want to see other people shine and like, it feels good to your point or, or also about bringing people out to Seattle. It's like, it's dope to spread the love, like, you know? So if you're really at that peak self, then you really want to like spread it forward and like see everybody reach that because it's just such a dope feeling. And I feel like it comes in waves for me at the moment, but like I do it like, the idea of like a utopia sounds ridiculous, but at the same time, it's like I really do. Think no, no, it doesn't sound ridiculous. It's possible. It's I mean, possible. in the sense that like I feel like there's always going to be certain negative things, but I think that a utopia is possible in the sense of everybody can be conscious and like the majority of that consciousness can be focused on love. So it's like maybe bad things won't will still happen, but like the response to bad things and how we move forward is never going to be in question. I feel like that's possible. You can always beat the evil. Yeah, I mean that keeps the that keeps the balance. I mean, of course, obviously nobody wants any evil in this world, but without evil, how do we really even feel? I mean, just as humans, that something is actually good, or something is actually comforting, or something, or whatever it is, is something that we can trust. Well, good and evil, man. That's like been a topic of conversation for so many years, and it's definitely evolved. You know, like. What, how we perceive like good and evil today is no longer like in the context of, you know, the brutality of like the, the Middle Ages, you know, like we have from there, we've evolved as a society to, you know, have like more laws and regulations, but good and evil is still like a centerpiece of our politics and everything else. Do you feel like there is good and evil within politics? I mean, that's a question I'm posing to both of you guys. Mm. Or is it just people are just doing what they normally would do if um, they didn't have the platform, honestly? Is it really evil? Or are people just selfish? Mm. No, no, it's legitimately. Are they just selfish or what? what is it? I think there you, you can definitely have malicious intent. I think that when it comes down to it, it, it might be selfish, but Selfish is how you, hmm, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's about the way you perceive it. Yeah. Because look, on both sides of the party, if one side of the party wants to make sure that everyone has access to the same, I guess, amenities or, I, mean, I, I wouldn't call it amenities, but you know what I mean, or um, that the rich should be taxed more. But on the other side, it feels like, okay, I'm building my own self up. Why should I pay for X, Y, Z? It can be looked at as selfish on both sides, the end result. Yeah. I feel that. I mean, politics gets very granular. When I think of good and evil, I think very much like in terms of like in most forms of religion or most like forms of spirituality or like things like that or like just like throughout the ages, I feel like if you were to look at kind of the global consciousness, like there's always been certain things. And and obviously I'm not saying it hasn't changed, but like there's certain things in terms of how you treat other people and how you move within this world that are good and that are bad. And it's like, if you're, if you're looking out for your family and you don't really understand the situation, like how your actions are hurting people or like don't, are just kind of overlooking it, like don't have that empathy, then like that's still someone that I think 
isn't I wouldn't like ever call that person evil and I also would feel like I would have a conversation with that person and like I feel like I would see I still see hope for that person personally whereas like I think it's like once you are kind of more conscious of the fact that like babies are in cages for instance and you're the one who put them in cages and you just don't care then like that's some shit I would call evil not to get political (laughs) 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 he said not to stand on the soapbox but word nah that's a fact bro I'm right there with you. That's why I was only just really speaking about like the financial aspect of it, just how it could be looked at it both ways as some form of selfishness. It's hard to like adopt like a, a binary view of good and evil because, you know, as we kind of like just spoke about, like everything exists on a spectrum sometimes, but there are certain instances where it's more applicable to think of it in the binary. Entirely. So I, yeah, a lot of it really is just situational. I mean, these, yeah, these are really hard concepts to grapple with especially like in on top of like living your day-to-day life you know what i'm saying but like i feel like they need to they, they really do need to still be something that people think about like i feel like to me the like a lot of the sad part of it is when people don't even engage with these things and they're doing things that hurt other people but they're not necessarily like even realizing it or even like like i feel like again like the human connection is so powerful that I, a lot of times i do feel like if someone could just if that connection can just be made people would move differently, but like people are in two different worlds, doing different things, feeling certain ways, you know, some of which is maybe how they really feel, some of which is maybe influenced by the people around them. And that connection can't really happen. And that to me is the sad part because it's like sometimes those people aren't that far apart on, you know, maybe not what good and evil means, but certainly on like how people should treat each other and how people should like move in this world that we're in together. Mm, I agree. I feel that. Going back to, like, you know, the influence of, I guess, an area and, like, a place like Seattle, you know, like, these companies, they produce so much, like, intellectual property. They dictate how, you know, like, methods and processes work, especially now as we get more into, like, the tech field, right? So the question becomes for them, like, can a company be evil as well? Can can they look after you know, not not only like their immediate workforce, but also can they contribute to the social fabric of like the community? Damn. Can a company be, all companies have one objective though, right? To make as much money and last as long as possible, right? That is true. Or the companies that you're speaking of, I assume. That is true. Um, however, I, I think as consumers become more conscious of, the peripheral events that you know happen in our everyday in our day-to-day lives but also the lives of other people we you know we we have power with our dollars you know we don't we might not want to spend like money through amazon anymore because like they're killing a lot of mom and pop shops um we don't want to support starbucks because they don't give their employees like great racial training or whatever that was a crazy day (laughs) yeah that was crazy you're really talking my language bro because like i work in brand strategy and a lot of times i like i think i thought about it a lot post-election i remember like thinking about what i saw the future of brand strategy being because i was just like considering different career choices at the time and i really do feel like we're moving towards 
a thing where like brands, like content is just so important in shaping ideas. And to your point, consumers have a lot of power. And I really do believe that like we're moving towards, like I feel like the content that hits the most is content that, you know, adds something of substance to the cultural conversation. And with that in mind, I feel like now brands really do need to start focusing on that. And I think there's a lot of opportunity in it to create dope content that like is still branded, but is, you know, a big company using their platform to shine a spotlight on something or to um, amplify voices or to just add an element to a conversation that does in some way push the conversation forward. I feel like that's a really good opportunity. And I hope, I hope that brands do it. And I hope that consumers do their part to buy into the brands that do do. But what if, but how do you feel about when the companies just now starting to feel like that they're just pandering to certain audiences or certain conversations? As long as they say it, is that, does that make it just Okay. Hey man, the internet reads bullshit really well, bro. Like, I feel like you, <laughs> if you tr- if you try to go that route, you're getting memed. You're getting memed into oblivion. Yeah, but it's still. But I mean, the line still follows the same route, and just still getting these companies the publicity, the traffic that they need. To an end of the day, still keep that number one priority in check and in line, which is make as much money as possible. Yeah, I I definitely have I've been also thinking about that too. It's like sometimes. You know, like they just throw like a, a a statement out there, like apologizing or a statement out there saying that, oh, yeah, we recognize this problem. Like, here's what we're going to do. Um, and they might not do it. Um, and I, I think that the reason why I'm like so skeptic about, you know, these, these statements by the companies is because I have a hard time seeing like the immediate effects of like what they're claiming to do differently because i think in our age we, we we live in a time where twitter and like facebook like all our information is so fast and we we would get it within like seconds but the fallout and the effects of things as we know like can take years like centuries to to happen and the question then becomes like should, you know, something like a socially or like racially charged event and like a, a response of that event by a company, should that effect be seen like today? Should it be seen within a week or within a month, like a year? Like what is the timeline for the progression? So real. That's real. I feel like I feel like progress is always slow, you know, and it's really hard to and I do feel like progress can speed up now because of how connected everyone is, but like certain, like real, real progress, like substantial progress is, I feel like a slow thing. So to your point, I, I, I think if they just release a statement, there is always going to be a little bit of skepticism involved with that. But, you know, hopefully you can then look back a few years later and say like, okay, after these moments, like these brands started moving differently. Uh, I guess, so. I guess we'll, we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> I think I don't think honestly anything's going to change until the people with our ideas and I mean fully just like ingrained and just so aware of what's going on until we hold those positions of power, until we're the CEOs, the CFOs, the COOs on the board um, and can actually impact direct change and allow it to actually affect everyone else's pockets if people just don't follow suit. Yeah. And I guess to bring this like full circle um, and kind of back to kind of like my story, my my parents were cast with 
you know, like survival. Like they had to live or die based on like their environment and like what was going around in the world uh, around them. And here I am, like I'm so fortunate to be in a place where I'm not hungry. I'm not, I have a roof over my head, right? Like I'm college educated and I'm in a place where I don't have to think about my survival every day. My goal right now and like my mission, um, and I want to pay it back to my parents is like, how do I revise existing institutions here uh, in America, in the world, whatever, I guess like the term of references, but I don't, I no longer have to think about day-to-day life. Like I can change like the processes and methods that we, uh, you and I are questioning right now over this podcast. Just around the corner, evenings in the street like glow. My back seats were never warmer. I wanna show you a good thing. Please, can we slow down to worry free street? It's where we used to go. Thinking how our lives are suddenly in motion when we left for knowledge. All the tears we had could fill the ocean. We're on our Stay put. 